This is the Mathematics Education Podcast from MathEdPodcast.com. to the Math Ed Podcast. My name is Sam Otten from the University of Missouri, and my guest today is Junyoung Park, who's an assistant professor in the Department of Mathematical Sciences at the University of Delaware. Junyoung, thanks for being here. Hi, Sam. Um, glad to be here. We're going to be talking about Junyoung's article, which is appearing soon in the journal Educational Studies in Mathematics, and the article is entitled Teaching Prospective Teachers About Fractions, Historical and Pedagogical Perspectives. But before we get to that article, I actually wanted to back up and ask Jingyun about her dissertation. Okay, um, actually, let me start with my general research interest. Um, sure. I am interested in undergraduate mathematics uh, in general, and also that includes teacher education program for preserved teachers. Actually, for my dissertation, I did study about uh, calculus teaching and learning with Dr. Sharon Sank at Michigan State University. Okay. But my recent fraction paper in Ed Studies in Mathematics was a part of my work with Dr. Raven McCrory at Michigan State University in her mid-project, Mathematics Education for Elementary Teachers, with her NSF grant. Okay, so can you say a little bit more about uh, other people that are working on that MEET project and what the goals overall are of the MEET project? Uh, the basic goals for the MEET project was to explore um, PST's preserved teachers uh, in elementary level, what they learn in their undergraduate mathematics content courses or method courses as part of their required teacher education program. So mm-hmm. our data was collected from various institutions um, in four states in the United States, which include pre and post test data, over mm-hmm. 1,000 PSDs about the concepts covered in these type of courses. And we also collected information about the instructors and the textbooks uh, from the survey. And okay. we actually uh, videotaped six of these classes when the fraction was taught and conducted interview with instructors about their teaching goals for these courses. Um, and our recent paper that I wrote with Dr. I mean, she is doctor, but she was a grad student back then. Uh-huh. But yep. Dr. Beste Guchler and Dr. Raven McCrory um, was actually about uh, the classroom data. Okay, so you took the lead on this article in Ed Studies in Mathematics, and I was wondering if there was a personal motivation that you had for for looking at this classroom data around fractions and prospective teachers. Yeah, actually this study uh, started with my teaching experience. I was teaching one of those uh, mathematics content courses about Mm -hmm. numbers and algebra for preserved elementary school teachers at Michigan State University. And when I taught this course first time, I kind of assumed that, okay, they are adults and they know content pretty well, so I can just focus on how to visualize or explain the concepts for their future elementary school students. Right. But as I teach more and more, I come to realize that they, my PSTs, actually do have difficulties with the content itself. For mm-hmm. example, they made a lot of mistake, consistent mistake in calculation with fractions, and Mm. actually they have a lot of difficulty with story problems, especially whether it asks about fraction multiplication or fraction division. So personally, I try to fix that as an instructor, and actually um, I get into this mid-project, and that helped me a lot. 
And so you, you were talking about your experiences serving as an instructor right. for pre-service elementary teachers. And so now this article um, that's going to be appearing in Ed Studies in Mathematics called Teaching Prospective Teachers About Fractions, um, this one has as its research question, do instructors of undergraduate mathematics classes, uh, how do they address fractions in their teaching? Right. Um, and in what ways do historical lens allow you as researchers to really investigate that question of how fractions are being treated with PSTs, uh, elementary PSTs? And so um, we're, we're in that situation of, of fractions and elementary pre-service teachers, but you bring into the article this lens of a historical perspective and uh, I was wondering if you could just help us uh, understand those historical perspectives that relate to fractions, um, because those do play a role in the interpretation throughout the article. Right. So while I was teaching this course and reading several books for these courses, actually I did a textbook analysis as well as a part of the MIT project, which is not part of this paper. But while I was doing that, I realized that in general the chapter for fraction comes after the chapter for the whole numbers. So I was mm. wondering whether and how the instructors who participated in our study addressed this transition or the expansion from whole numbers to fractions. Mm -hmm. And we, as a research team, were wondering how such extension was made in the history of mathematics. So we looked at several books about history of mathematics and mathematics textbook, the undergraduate textbook, uh, mm -hmm. like real analysis, algebra, and set theory to come up with our framework. So okay. actually we found four approaches for such extensions. The first one is the part whole approach. So this approach actually conceptualized a part of whole as a new unit, which was actually used in ancient times. Some historical mm. documents show that Egyptians and other ancient people had the symbols for fractions, and some of them are unit fractions and some of them are not, but they actually used that in their calculation. Mm. However, they did not consider this concept as a number because to them, actually it's in quote-unquote, the one is imperishable and indivisible. Mm. So they did not take the next step to consider this fractional quantity as a number that they use. So they had a representation for it, and they were considering part-whole relationships, but it was definitely not at the level of a number. It was something else. It was something else because it okay. was smaller than the one that they can break. Okay. So the second approach was very similar, but it was a measurement approach. So this approach finds fractions from whole numbers through measurement and proportion. So when we try to find this concept in the history of mathematics, we mm -hmm. uh, kept seeing this concept of commensurability, mm -hmm. which was defined by Euclidean. So mm -hmm. what it means is that if you have two numbers are commensurable, these two numbers can be measured by a common unit. Mm -hmm. So in a way, this common unit is part of these two quantities. So this commensurability definitely leads to a need for a new type of number because you don't have common unit for any two quantities, right? Right, yeah. So they have this unit, which is a fractional quantity, but again, they did not consider that common unit as a number. So the, and the, the famous example there would be the diagonal of a square and the side of the square are incommensurable. Yes, yes. Uh, 
yeah, that that's the unit wise. But if you actually think about any kind of two length, uh -huh. then if you want to find the common unit to measure those two length, it's not going to be whole number all the time. Right, right. Okay, okay. I see. Yeah. So, right. So if you think about any examples uh, with a measurement division mm -hmm. story problem, then that could be the example of measurement approach. So we have part whole, we have measurement, and then the other two? The other two is the third one is based on division. So basically the fraction is a solution of the equation AX is equal to B, uh, where A and B are whole numbers and A is non-zero. So okay. this approach is coming from the definition of a field in algebra, which mm -hmm. was first conceived uh, by Galois in the early 19th century. Mm -hmm. So actually we decided to call this approach the division approach rather than the field approach mm -hmm. because the fraction B over A is coming from the need to have the set of numbers which is close under division or which is uh, opposite operation of multiplication. Inverse okay. operation actually. Inver yeah. So. Um, this set actually includes the fraction, which implies that fraction is uh, in the number system, which implies that the fraction is a number. So in this approach, fraction was considered as a number. Okay, so that's a key difference there. Right. But there mm -hmm. was actually a big amount of time between the second mm -hmm. approach and the third approach. Okay. And the last one was, uh, we started with symbolic approach, but we, uh, we actually started with self-theoretical approach, but we mm -hmm. changed that to symbolic approach because we found this approach um, in the set theory, uh, which defined a set of rational number based on equivalence classes and partitions, mm -hmm. which uh, we found in Cantor's set theory in the late 19th century. But um, we didn't see any of those examples in our data, so we just changed it to symbolic approach when the instructors define fraction A over B, A and B are in integers, and B is non-zero. Okay, so you saw a historical perspective, with, which was set theory, but that didn't really resonate with your data, so you you modified it slightly to call a symbolic perspective because then that one actually you could see elements of it in your data? Right. So, yeah, I, we were, actually we weren't sure that we can actually call that definition A over B, B is not non-zero as that theoretical because to mm -hmm. us that theoretical definition at least has this um, equivalence classes. Right. I mean, nobody actually mentioned it in this class, right. so we actually changed the name. Yes. Yeah, those do seem different, but... Um, Right. Yeah. So um, you took those perspectives and then you, you looked at instructors teaching elementary pre-service teacher uh, content courses and content slash methods courses. Right. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what data you were looking at in this study and uh, and then we'll move to see you know what you found in the data? Yeah, actually our data, um, our main data was classroom data. So we actually videotaped classroom data for actually this particular study. It, it actually coming from two states, but six different instructors. Okay. But we only collect the data when they teach fractions because based mm -hmm. on uh, reading existing studies, we knew that uh, a lot of uh, pre-service teachers in the United States have problem with fractions. Mm -hmm. And then we also conducted an interview with instructors. Um, it's individual interview. It lasted about one hour. And mm -hmm. we asked a lot of questions about uh, what's your goal uh, for teaching this course, but the first question was, 
what is your definition of fraction mm-hmm. as an instructor and mm-hmm. what's the definition that you want your preserved teachers to have when they finish this course so mm-hmm. actually we mainly analyze these two their answers on these two answers to actually supplement our video data okay yeah so you're looking at the classroom data and then you have those interview questions with the instructors um, but what did you find when you looked at that classroom data and when you talked to the instructors about fractions yeah actually we found a lot of interesting stuff and um, <laughs> so actually uh, we didn't we looked at all the video data but mm-hmm. we focused on the instances where the instructor defined fraction and if they did uh, where they made a connection between whole numbers and fractions for example they can say okay fraction has these old rules commutative associative rules which was exactly same that we talked about with whole numbers then mm-hmm. that's explicit connection so we actually focus on this instances in the video and okay. what we found in the data was that um, the first the most predominant extension from whole numbers to fraction was the division approach it was used by five out of six instructors mm-hmm. and all of them used a story problem involving an equal sharing context okay. so for example Jamie asked students to think about the difference between two division problems the first one was three children sharing six apples equally and the next three children same number of children Mm -hmm. sharing two pizzas equally in terms of how much each child gets okay and then she discussed the differences and actually she asked them asked students to think about the differences and discuss that the answer of the second problem is a fraction and drew a picture i mean the famous circle picture for Mm -hmm. fractions and then explain the answer using the partor approach but she did not mention that we need a new type of number here which is a fraction but it is still a number so what is missing in her course her class was that um, actually the statement that the result of the division is actually a number okay so it's to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly so a division problem was used to move from whole numbers to fractions right but then that solution to the division problem was explained with a part whole representation right and then you're also saying that as they did that it was typically not made explicit that this new answer which is a fraction is actually still a number that was not explicit that was kind of under the surface or um yeah but actually yeah we said that this was not explicit statement uh-huh. about fraction as number because maybe she assumed that actually um, in this episode she said that you already know the answer you already know the concept of fraction to their PSTs so mm-hmm. maybe it was her assumption that their PSTs know the answer and the aspects of fraction as number already uh-huh yeah now you wanted to talk to you about another instructor that you looked at that did things slightly differently yes um, actually one of the uncommon approaches was the symbolic approach actually two instructors used that but only one of them used as her definition of fraction so Uh actually her name was Terry and Terry started with the symbolic definition A over B and A and B are integers and B is non-zero and then she interpreted this fraction very interestingly she said 
when you see a fraction, it's always a fraction of something. So of mm. is really important when you talk about fractions. So her example was two thirds, and she said that two thirds of the one, which you can locate in the number line, so it is a number. Mm. But actually, she did not show any visual means. I mean, no, no number lines or no gestures about partitioning or choosing two out of it. Um, and then, or she didn't even mention the unit fraction, which is a part of whole one third in this case, or um, means of measuring the part. So what we are saying with this Terry case is that she talked about expansion. It was implicit, but she talked about it. And also she mentioned that the fraction is a number. But these two were not connected to each other. Oh, I see. So a lot of people, a lot of instructors talk about fraction as number in their mm -hmm. course, but it was not related to how the fraction was expanded from whole numbers. We saw that um, problematic. And. Uh... So of course, there's a lot more in the article, and I, you know, we're just touching on a few of the, th the things that you saw in your data. Um, the article is teaching prospective teachers about fractions, historical and pedagogical perspectives, um, and it's it's available online in ESM, but it should be coming soon in print in ESM as well. And you also, uh, so you've talked a little bit about how the instructors handled the definition of fraction and the connections of fractions to whole numbers in their classroom teaching. Right. Um, you also interviewed them, so I was wondering if you wanted to just say anything briefly about um, whether their teaching in the classroom aligned with their own definitions of fractions. In general, did you see any themes between their classroom practice and their interview responses about fractions? Yes, our interview data actually showed that a lot of them were mathematicians rather than math educators. So okay. when we interview them, they explicitly state that, uh, okay, fraction is a number that's really important. And that's something that I want my PSDs have when they take this class. But the problem is when I look at their video data from the classroom, they mm -hmm. did not explicitly state that or make a connection from the extension to the fraction as numbers. So mm -hmm. we saw some inconsistency there, and we actually guessed about why they don't talk about this in the classroom. Uh, unfortunately, we did not explicitly ask this question after a video, after we analyzed the video data. Mm -hmm. But when we asked that, when we asked those two questions, what's your definition and what is the definition that you want your PSTs to have, they um, actually mentioned that actually my students are adults so they have been mm -hmm. exposed to fraction for at least 10 years so that implies that they actually assume that their PSTs know about fraction a lot but that is true because a lot of you know education studies show that the PSTs bring a lot of knowledge about fractions to their method or method content courses, but they are inconsistent and sometimes even incorrect. Mm -hmm. Or at least they're not integrated. Like they might have a lot of knowledge about fractions, but it might not be a cohesive whole or the, the knowledge might not be interconnected right. in the ways, yeah. Yes. So our argument in this article with that uh, aspect is that um, we talked about these four approaches and we use that as theoretical framework and analytical framework 
to analyze our data, but we are not actually asking these instructors to these four approaches in their classroom. We are not, mm -hmm. we are not actually suggesting that. Right. But we do suggest, though, um, it is very important for these instructors and their PSTs in the future to be aware that the fraction as numbers, when they actually um, expand the number system from whole numbers to fractions, it's not trivial. It was not trivial to the mathematicians in the past, and it would not be trivial to kids, K to eight uh, students mm -hmm. that they will teach in the future. So they have to be aware of this and make a clear connections from whole numbers to fractions and empathize that here fraction looks very different, but this is not a pair of two numbers. This is one number that we talk about in whole number chapter. I've been speaking with Dr. Jungyoon Park from the University of Delaware about her forthcoming article in Educational Studies in Mathematics entitled Teaching Prospective Teachers About Fractions, Historical and Pedagogical Perspectives. Um, but before I let you go, I want to ask you just one more question uh, separate from mathematics education. If you weren't uh, finding your career and all of your energies being spent in math education, uh, what would you see yourself doing? Well, <laughs> I spend most of the time on teaching and writing about mathematics education. Mm -hmm. and exercising. So uh -huh. um, if I were not doing mathematics education, I think I would be teaching something else. Uh, maybe um, as a personal trainer at some fitness uh -huh. center or a yoga instructor. Uh -huh. Oh, great. Yeah, so, but, yeah I, when... because I love exercising and like helping people. And uh -huh. actually, I taught STEP. You know what STEP is? Uh -huh. It's a type yeah. of exercising class. And I Absolutely. taught STEP course at Michigan State University once. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. And are, are you one of the people then at conferences where you always find a hotel that has a fitness center in the in lower levels or something? Definitely I am, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Um, thank you so much, Jungin, for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs>